religious people, uh, they look down on us. Our way of life does not permit us to keep all of the niceties of their rules and regulations. And other people do not trust us. They do not think we are very good at distinguishing between thine and mine. We are not even allowed to give testimony in the court. I would be the first to admit that many shepherds are merely hired hands that do not care for the sheep. They are shepherds in name only. So they cannot find any work, so they call themselves shepherds, and they stay until they quit or are sent on their way. And no doubt many of them do steal. But my family is an honest family. And the sheep are our own, and we take care of them. And without us, well, no one has ever accused sheep of having an abundance of intelligence, and uh, they could not survive without us. You ask why we come here so often. It doesn't look like much to you, I know. It didn't impress me very much when I first came here with my grandfather many years ago. Hardly a tree in sight, and these hills are not good for much else than grazing sheep. But just over that rise there, not far away, a mile or so, is the town of Bethlehem, also known as the town of David. And something happened there in my grandfather's day that changed the course of human history and the eternal destinies of men and women and children. But if you and I had been there at that time, we would not have recognized it for the great thing that it was. The greatest thing that had ever happened happened over there in that town in a stable of all places. Everything surrounding it was, was humble. It was hard and poor. We might even say it was degrading. It was so unlike what you and I, or even those people who were on lookout for such a thing, would have imagined for such a great event, and yet better hearts and heads than mine see in it the wisdom of God. They say that the wisdom of God is that the greatness of God came wrapped in humility. That's such a beautiful thought, isn't it? The wisdom of God is that the greatness of God came wrapped in humility. Maybe you would better understand what I mean if you hear my grandfather's story, but I am still amazed at it to this day. Did I say that everything surrounding that event was small and mean? Well, not quite everything. That's where my grandfather's story comes in. My grandfather, as I said, was a shepherd like me. And many long years ago, one night, he and his friends, a group of shepherds, of course, were on this very spot. And all of their sheep were mingled together down in that low area there. A common practice among us. Our sheep know our voices, so they follow us. When it's time to leave, we call them and they follow us and separate themselves from the other sheep without any trouble at all. Well, that night, the shepherds, my grandfather and his friends, were doing what they usually did as they watched over their flocks. They were enjoying the beauty of the evening. They were talking and laughing and telling stories. It's one of the more pleasant aspects of being a shepherd. 
Anyway, there was nothing unusual about that night, nothing to set it apart from many another night. And then suddenly an angel appeared. Now, I have heard stories of angels ever since I was a little boy, and I have always wanted to see one. I told Grandfather that once, and he said that many stories about the angels are mere foolishness. But if I ever did see an angel, it would not be at all like I thought it would be. But it is a sight well worth seeing, he said. I asked Grandfather what he meant, and he said that night that the angel appeared here, that he and his friends were terrified. I asked him why he was afraid, and he didn't seem able to explain it, or I didn't seem able to understand what it was. And being the child that I was, I asked him, Grandfather, was the angel big like a giant? I would be afraid if the angel was big like a giant. Was that why you were afraid? Grandfather said, yes, the angel was big, but the bigness was not just in size. He said the angel was so bright that it, it was like it was made of light, but it, it was light that was so solid and so real and so big and so bright that everything else around seemed as though it were made of mere smoke that the wind could blow away at any moment. It was something that was just so different that it made you afraid. And it was not just the angel. There was the angel, yes, but there was more. The glory of the Lord shone all around them. And my grandfather, being as good a Jew as he could be, knew in his heart that it was the glory, the Shekinah glory of God, the glory that had accompanied our ancestors when they left Egypt in the pillar of fire and the cloud, and the same glory that filled the temple in Solomon's day. Grandfather would never talk much about it. And if you asked him, he would look you straight in the eye and say, It was glory! <laughs> and I pressed him often, and I said, Grandfather, tell me more. And one time he did tell me more. He said, Liquid light. Liquid light. A little bit like liquid light. But it was so bright and beautiful that it would make the most polished and shined gold and silver seem dark. It would make even an angel seem like a shadow. And it's all wider than mark and nonsense if you've ever seen it. You would be better off just to call it glory. And he would say no more about it. That night, my grandfather and his friends stood here frozen in fear. The angel spoke to them to reassure them, and the words the angel spoke were burned on my grandfather's soul, and he repeated them often. Fear not, said the angel, for I bring you good news of great joy that is for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Such was the message of the angel. Most people go through their entire lives 
without ever seeing an angel. At least they know, because sometimes they come in disguise. But even priests and kings and nobles and governors and rulers of the affairs of men and women are not any more likely to see an angel than you and I are. My grandfather, a humble man, a, a poor man, a shepherd, looked down on many, was chosen by God along with the others to not only see the angel, but to hear his message. But they not only saw one angel, they saw a whole army of angels. Immediately after that first angel had given his message, as suddenly as a flash of lightning, the host of heaven appeared singing praises to God. Glory to God in the highest, they chorused. And on earth, peace on men on whom his favor rests. That was the beginning of the event that changed my grandfather's lives and the lives of many other people. The Savior of the world had been born in the stable. Bethlehem laid in a manger, a wooden box made to hold hay that cattle could eat out of, a baby wrapped in rags. God had come to us, not into the majesty that we would have imagined, but born as a baby, not born born of a peasant girl, not of a queen in a palace, which would be fitting for a king like him but in a donkey's home with a trough for his bed. Those who attended the Lord after he had come, after he had made his entrance into the world, were not the great and noble as we would have assumed. Instead, they were the humble. There was Mary, his mother, and Joseph, his legal father, a carpenter, really just starting out in life. A handful shepherds. The innkeeper and his wife in the stable was filled with animals. A more inauspicious beginning you could not imagine. My grandfather thought long and hard about the circumstances of his birth. He contemplated it for years and he came to a conclusion and he told me what it was and after reflecting on it a long time I have been convinced that my grandfather was right. He said, you'll see If the Lord had come, born of a queen in the palace, surrounded by the noble and great, he would have been cut off from all the people. Who but the arrogant or the noble would dare go to such a place as that? But anyone can enter a stable to small and great alike. My grandfather and his friends realized when they thought about it and talked about it later, that they had entered that stable without any hesitation. They had looked at God, veiled in the flesh without any qualms because he had come to them, born as a baby in humble circumstances. The wisdom of God, this is the wisdom that the greatness of God should come wrapped in humility so that all may come to him. But not all did come to him. Not all did come to him, not then, just as they do not all come to him now. My grandfather and his friends realized that this was something they had to tell everyone about. 
the angel had said, this is good news for all people. And so after they had seen the Lord who was born as a baby, they began to spread the word. They told everyone that they saw. And soon all of Bethlehem was talking about what the angels had told the shepherds. They were amazed about what the shepherds said. But that's all they did was talk. They didn't do anything else. My grandfather and his friends were stunned. They t- didn't understand what was going on. It was as, as people who were emaciated with starvation had been told there was a great feast available for them, a feast fit for a king, and all they could say was fancy that and turn back to gnaw the dry bone that was before that. My grandfather and his friends expected the whole town to rush to the stable to take the baby and his parents to the best house in the whole area and to care for him and to prepare for the day when they would crown him as king. But they did nothing. My grandfather and his friends expected everyone to be amazed. They were amazed, but they expected the amazement to lead to action it had for my grandfather and his friends. They all came into town. They left the sheep in the field unguarded, and that caused a big argument between my father and his friends. But all of them insisted on going. None of them would stay behind. They would go in obedience to the message and see this great thing. But these people, they hurt. They were amazed. And they did nothing. Why? grandfather, I asked him. Why did they not do anything? Why did they not at least go to the stable to see the child? Was it because you were a shepherd and they did not believe you? Or did you and your friends go because you saw the angel and the glory and the title of the town? They did not go because they didn't see any such thing. Maybe God should have sent the angels to Bethlehem too. My grandfather told me that a handful of people did go. It wasn't that no one went. It's just that most people did not go. And as for the angels, he said, Do you not understand? The angel was sent to those who would believe, to those who would respond. It is no use sending an angel to anyone else. Either they would not believe their eyes or ears, or they would not have gone in direct disobedience to the message, or they would have gone with wrong hearts and wrong motives, all of which would bring condemnation. I remember that conversation as if it were yesterday. I heard what my grandfather said, but I didn't quite understand. I wasn't sure was just what he meant and it must have shown on my face and so he looked at me and he said child understand an angel cannot bring belief an angel can only bring the message it is the message which brings belief and then I did understand it was as though someone had lit a candle in a dark I knew that my grandfather and his friends would have gone into town no matter who spoke that message to them. Because the message was the word of God and they responded to the word of God. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said, don't you? 
faith comes by hearing the word of God. And the letter to the Hebrews says that the word of God is powerful and alive. And Jesus himself said, if they will not listen to the word of God, they will not believe even if someone rises from the dead. It is the message that brings belief. And I understood And that must have shone on my face when my grandfather smiled and he said, So you see at last. Then understand this also. If God had sent the angels to Bethlehem that night, things would have been much different. Much different, but not much better. Many people have covered their ears and their eyes, refusing to hear and see, and others would have run from the town in a fury of fear, bordering on madness, and still others would have rushed to the stables, not with praise in their hearts for this good thing that God has done, but with hearts full of selfish and impure and hypocritical thoughts. And then instead of joy, would have come. God knew all of this. And so now I think you, you know the answer to your other question. It is because of mercy that God sent a message by the hand of shepherds rather than the angels. He knew that the people would not honor his son as they should, but he still sent the message because it would lie in their heart like a seed dormant in the ground waiting for the day it would spring up into eternal life. The message which could bring belief had come but it had to be planted by humble hands. This is the wisdom of God. The greatness of God comes in humility. My grandfather continued to be a shepherd after those days, but he became another kind of a shepherd. He was a pastor of a small church, and many of his descendants have followed him footsteps. We care for sheep, but we also shepherd the souls of men and women and children, and it is our great privilege and joy to do that. My grandfather was a faithful man who faithfully told the message which brought faith Grandfather has been gone a long time now. But I can still, if I close my eyes, see him standing here on this hillside. I can see the smile on his face. And I can see it break into the laughter as clear as music. As he calls out, no matter the messenger, it is still good news that will bring great joy for all people on Christmas Day in Bethlehem. Christ 
our Savior has been born. Do you hear the message, my friends? Do you hear the word of God? I hope you do. Merry Christmas.